welcome to a Gem of a Secret podcast. My name is Donatella, my secrets. And my name is Coco Gem Holiday. How you doing today, Coco? Um, I have a glass of wine, and so I'm feeling real feisty. Um, actually, I don't know if it's like feisty as much as I haven't had a glass of wine in my own home in oh. a very long time. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> nice. It feels like a while since we've talked to you, listeners. Oh my goodness. Yeah, it does. Oh, because we've does. had interviews, too. We have. We've had interviews, and then we also did a replay of one of the Cooking Up a Queen episodes. Yeah. So, yeah, we have not really um, had a lot of time where it's just us kind of talking about things. I know, and it's been a long time coming. So, uh, Donatella started a new job. She used to be work from home, and now she's not. And no. so now... I see her a lot, a lot less on top of the fact that I'm at the bar every night. So we see each other for 20 minutes in the morning. Yeah, that's about it. <laughs> <laughs> I really love my new job. I'm enjoying it a lot. Out in the world now and not just like sitting at home and I am, you know, meeting new people, which is really cool. It's the world is much more heterosexual outside these four walls and, uh, you know, local lounge, which was what I was typically used to, like, my only social interactions being in, so. It's it's so different, actually, like, uh, just because I, in my day job, mm-hmm. I um, every single person on my team is straight. Mm-hmm. Um, I work with, currently, right now, I work with all men. We have a woman starting on Monday, but... Um, and she's straight and mm-hmm. has a husband and a couple kids. And yeah, my whole world is very heterosexual, very cisgender. Mm-hmm. Um, when I run into another gay person in the office, I get like kind of internalized homophobia because like I act a little bit differently at work than I mm-hmm. do like on this podcast and like at the bar. And it is, it's different. It's, it's kind of nice though sometimes too. Yeah. Because it just is. It is, it is. It's, it's, you know, nice to kind of like, push your boundaries, I guess, and, and mm-hmm. when it comes to, like, meeting new people and, and uh, working with other people. Yeah. And it's been really cool. I don't know. I, en- I enjoy this job a lot. I don't get the Sunday scaries, which is one thing that I used to always get. What's the Sunday scary? It's that overwhelming <laughs> feeling of anxiety and dread that you get on Sundays, knowing that you have to return back to work because you're, mm. you're so much dreading it because you had all this nice time off to yourself. And yeah. I was getting that so much with the last job that I had. <laughs> and, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I bet that's some tea. And also, also when I was just doing fundraising and stuff, I would get the Sunday scaries. I was like, I don't want to, like, you know, bug people during a pandemic to donate money, even oh, yeah. if they are for great causes like the ACLU. It was, it was just, it, it, I wasn't happy in that situation. So I'm, I'm definitely good here. I am two months alcohol-free. I'm still smoking weed, so I'm Cali sober right now. But <laughs> did you say I'm Cali sober? I am. I'm Cali sober, but mm. I am. I'm feeling great. I'm happy. I, you know, the funny thing about that is too. Like I, I have been really good about my diet recently. I have been really trying to get into a better headspace. I started doing. I had to start doing what I call Donatella things where I had to start manifesting Mm -hmm. on top of the fact that I did need to actually organize my life. So like I actually had to keep a task list and Mm -hmm. whatever for a while there because I was getting incredibly overwhelmed Mm -hmm. and like things were balls were getting dropped and like there's a lot of new moving pieces in my life being event manager at a bar and it's so fun. It's so exciting. I'm getting I'm I have such a high on life right now mm-hmm. about the things I get to do and the things I get to try and like yeah. I like my ideas get to come to fruition and like I I'm in this mode of and I know I'm gonna jinx it because this is how my life works but like most things that I'm doing are turning out to be pretty successful yeah and that wasn't always the case yeah 
in yeah. DJ. Um, and so this has just been really... Definitely not. They didn't give you the room to a lot of the time. No, they didn't. And actually, this is a point that I, I talked about on Facebook today that I haven't told Donna about, which I think is really interesting. So at karaoke on Thursday mm-hmm. uh, in Portland, <laughs> uh, somebody did Nicki Minaj's Anaconda. Mm-hmm. And there's the l- line that says, you know, country ass nigga, let, he, let me play with his rifle mm-hmm. is what she says in there. And in Grand Junction, I would always be like, okay, here we go. I'm going to have a white person on stage saying the N word. going to have a white person on stage saying the N word. Yeah. And I didn't even realize this, but like the second the song came out, I was like, oh goodness. And more white people in the audience were like, oh God, is she going to say that word? And I was like, oh, you guys are actually concerned about that. Yeah. That's so different than where we come from. And then when the line came on, this white girl on stage singing the song actually just didn't sing it and then just pulled the microphone away from her mouth so she didn't even look like she was even lip syncing oh, it. Yeah. And I was just like, this is so different Yeah. from where we came from. I remember getting into fights with people saying, like, I'm allowed to say that word mm-hmm. um, because it's in the song for karaoke. Like, you know, like, I just thought that was really, really cool. Great job uh, taking the mic away. What she also could have done was done the censored version. Yeah. Also Country that. Anaconda. Oh, yeah, that's what Donna used to do back in the day. <laughs> Actually, that's what Autumn said. She's like, she should have just did the blah, blah, blah version. And I'm like, I'm like, but I know that, I know that on the karaoke track on our yeah. version. Yeah, but I mean, it is what it is. Yeah. Uh, I forgot to ask, what are you wearing this evening? Oh, I am actually wearing, you know how Simone came out in the red nail dress that mm-hmm. she had? I'm wearing the basic bitch version and it's just French tips. So it's a dress, <laughs> ma- dress made out of French tips. <laughs> That's all. Just French tips. Just French tips. No big deal. Yeah. The the least creative, like, nail design someone could get is, like, French <laughs> tips. <laughs> <laughs> Stupid. I, uh, gosh. Um, so I came out in this unforgettable red, like, slip dress, you know, uh-huh. um, to model after Candy Muse. Yeah. Um, that <laughs> um, literally, as Donna's looking at it, she still can't even remember what I'm wearing. Yeah, um, yeah. It's, uh... <laughs> it's... Forgettable. It's, it's nondescript. <laughs> God. Oh my goodness. That's just <laughs> that's the journey. Yes. Um, but yeah, that's, so that's what I'm wearing this evening. So it's like I really, dig it. like, it's like cool. Well, I mean, I feel like this is, you know, a good segue into what we want to talk about next. And that's kind of the finale that happened. Oh, yeah. So. Finale of Drag Race. Um, yeah. When we're filming this, it was yesterday. Yeah. They did another lip sync off and they had the audience in like a drive-in style theater type of thing and RuPaul <laughs> performed and did some mild choreo. Oh, RuPaul's performance. Oh, heaven. Some very mild choreo. <laughs> that is very kind of you to say. <laughs> I, I was like, she... Okay, okay. Listeners, you have to go watch this video. So the thing is like... Let's, I'm going to put her in the realm of somebody, obviously she is legendary, yeah. but like I want to put her in the realm of those older queens who, you know, like you just applaud them for like just giving it their best, yeah. you know, like she just, she literally walked around on stage. She was always like half a beat off. <laughs> like she did like the simplest choreo in the world. She was showing legs for days. She had a cute bodysuit. Like all mm-hmm. of that stuff was true. She had a reveal. Oh, she had a reveal, which is gorgeous. <laughs> she was in high heels more than I do. Yeah. Um, she had background dancers who were super on beat and she was not. Um, I just... It was it was an experience. Yeah, it, it definitely was. We haven't seen her perform like that since AJ and the Queen. Oh my gosh. <laughs> oh my god. 
<laughs> I have to say that the looks on the runway were Amazing. like some of the best looks I've ever Amazing. seen in all of Drag Race history. Um, the ones that got, I honestly, the ones that are stuck in my head are got mixed more so than even Simone's because like that whole, actually, no, I am thinking of Simone's white and black look. That bandana C- look. Oh, oh my, with the, the, with the kerchiefs the, and the, yeah, the, God, yeah, everything. all of it. <laughs> and, and it went out to like, yeah, <laughs> like five feet each way. I don't know. It, so was, amazing. it was insane. That was, yeah. My favorite look of the night though, definitely was got mixed red look because it had the Keith Haring like symbols etched all along it i have a keith herring tattoo so oh was... oh that's the one with like the kind of like the bigger and, the, and then it had all the words mm-hmm. and stuff like yeah. that yeah oh but i love like little some yeah uh got mixed heart thing yeah that, that was, was cool that, that was... was insane yeah oh yeah. and i do remember one of candy muses thing she had like just like a ruffled big dress thing that was like that was like <sighs> it was cute it was cute i even thought that that was like interesting in the way that it was designed because it was like some big like ruching like next I, I don't know <laughs> um it was it, candy muses looks were not my favorite no they and then her lip sync outfits were really basic as hell and the uh, here's just a side note i i this like because me and donna don't talk about like what i do with these drag race finales by the way the drag race finale viewing party i threw was so very packed. Yeah. And it's funny because I was burnt out on drag that evening. Mm-hmm. And like it was, I was, I didn't bring any costumes. It was all mall.com. And I was like, I cannot say nothing about nobody's outfits today because <laughs> I look, I look so pedestrian. I didn't yeah. even change my shoes. Like I didn't even change my hair for one of the numbers. Like I was like, I was so exhausted. And like, I, I was like, you know what? I'm just going to let the hosting sell it. Mm-hmm. I'm going to let the hosting sell it. And But the, the reality the, the reality situation is, and I said this last week at the viewing party, if I make it on Drag Race, like, because somebody was like, girl, look what you wear. And I'm like, no, no, no. If I make it on Drag Race, you will yeah, not see this on Drag Race. For real. You'll never see anything like this on Drag Race. <laughs> no. Yeah. I, like, I would be wearing my, you know, $5,000 loan uh-huh. dress, you know, hair to the gods. And like, that someone else it. did. That someone else did. Yeah. And, you know, like, that's what I was going for. But, like, at a local dive bar, like, yeah. you know, Mama, this is what you get. What? <laughs> I'm not going to be serving, like, anything extravagant at, at fucking karaoke. Like, it's not even, like, a competition. Like, this isn't a fucking ball. Like, <laughs> the fuck out of here. Yeah, I'm like, no, honey, that's not, no, that's not the tea. And, no, and so I would have to say the finale was amazing across the board um this is going to be this is the spoiler alert section so if you haven't watched the finale you should cut off the episode right here and come back here in about five minutes in this episode but the lip syncs broke down to being uh candy muse and rose went first Mm -hmm. and somebody told me um during the episode that rose had hurt herself she did she had sprained her ankle did she do it like when they were practicing or like it was prior to to it happening and she was healing so oh. rose typically does some kind of stunt normally when she's lip syncing and she did not pull any stunts during her lip sync no yeah and i and so candy muse definitely whooped her mm-hmm. ass like it's true she definitely whooped her ass yeah and and rose looked gorgeous yeah don't get me wrong um she did she looked beautiful but yeah she she lost yeah so candy muse went on to the finale and then got Mick and Simone were against each other. And in my personal opinion, I actually do think that Got Mick did better than Simone. I, I I thought it was pretty neck and neck, honestly. You know. I well no, I think the whole time like let me rephrase. They both did amazing and they yeah. were both like killing it. But the way that it was just going, it just seemed like Got Mick was just like 
getting more. Yeah, I guess. yeah. I I agree. I thought that lip sync was definitely closer than yeah. the one between Rosé and Candy. Yeah. Yeah. And Simone takes the win mm-hmm. um, against Scott Mick uh, to then, of course, then go to the finale, which the lip sync is between Simone and, and Candy. And Candy. And good Lord, I remember Candy Muse's look being that little bodysuit number. Oh, my Lord. The Jesus. white bodysuit. Who, yeah. who dresses this woman? Seriously, my <laughs> God. This whole season, she's had the most questionable outfits. That, like, really where has. is her gay best friend being like, girl, <laughs> that is the finale of Drag Race. <laughs> she doesn't have one, remember? She's sitting alone in the VIP. <laughs> sitting alone in the VIP. No. And it just... I I I don't know. I I thought Candy had some some good moments for sure, but then she also I'm just yeah, the fashion uh was questionable. Quite questionable. <laughs> it was so questionable. Uh, Simone takes the win. Yes. Um I think it would have been a huge uproar if if some if Candy would have won over Simone and got Mick and Rosé. And Rosé, yeah. <laughs> all of them. She actually. had the worst record out of all of them and also was not the most liked by the fans when it came down right. to yeah I I feel like the two that the fans liked the most were probably Gottmik and Simone yeah I I would say if it were if were if it were to be like a fan vote those would have probably been the top two but our yeah. first and second place we had Simone in first place and Candy in second and then the tie for third with Rose and Gottmik so yeah you know. and it's funny somebody said online. Uh, that there are no second places or third places in Drag Race. There are winners and there are losers. <laughs> yeah. It only, I mean, the only thing that the second, third, fourth place matter are in booking fees. But, like... Booking fees and chances of being asked priority for All-Stars if they choose they want to do that. Right. Which I know Tamisha will probably be booked on All-Stars. Like, that's just going to yeah. happen. Yeah. Oh, I was watching a video uh, before we did this episode that... Uh, they, you know, because, like, you know, they watch the filming together to see mm-hmm. who wins, right? Uh, they were going, when they were doing things about showing all the other girls and their looks and whatever mm-hmm. on their green screens, like, it was like, yes, Lala Ree, whatever. Oh, she looks so good. And then it showed Elliot and the room was silent. silent. I saw that, too. They were like, and then they eventually were like, oh, rich woman. <laughs> <laughs> but it was, it was. They all feel a way about her. Oh, you could tell. Like, it was just, it was, uh, it was really peeking out. I was just like, yes. Yeah, they feel a way about her. Um, and so, last thing I wanted to say to everybody before we go into our break is um, CC Slaughter's, one of the most iconic nightclubs in all of Oregon, um, is reopening, actually. Yeah. It just reopened this last week on Monday. I went, um, and it was so great to, I saw everybody. It was mm-hmm. super cool. It was amazing, and I think their very first show is going to be the Superstar Diva show is going to be coming back on the last Sunday of this month, Dang. Um, which is super cool. I'd super love to be asked, just the way I... Um, but <laughs> no, I, I think that that's really great that they're doing that, and it's really cool that they reopened. Um, it When they shut down, it sounded like they were going to be shut down forever, yeah. actually. Yeah. So it was really cool to see everything dressed up, and Jeremy was there, Abe was behind the bar. Aww. So... Yeah, it was, it was kind of cool. I and miss him. I saw a lot of faces I hadn't seen in a long time. I'm fully vaccinated now, um, and I'm through my gestation period or whatever it's called. So I felt safe being out, and it was it was just really cool. Yeah, that is really cool. Yeah, so I, I need to ask, Donna, how are you doing this evening? Oh, you know, Coco, I will let you know after this brief commercial break. 
Do you wear t-shirts? Do you wear a face mask? I sure as hell hope so. Do you put on your silly little t-shirt and your silly little face mask and wish you had something a little more out there? Yes. Even something, dare I say, matching? Girl, yes, duh. Then it looks like HunterDrips.com is exactly what you need. At HunterDrips.com, socially relevant merch and apparel is up for sale. That's never for profit. 50 to 100% of every purchase is donated. I hear they carry matching shirts and masks with designs that say cute little slogans like defund the police, Black Lives Matter, and it goes over your nose, and even shirts and hats with your own pronouns on them. You know, things that are important. Oh, so you mean important. And almost all of it is donated? Yes, donated. And guess what? What? It's size inclusive too? Yes, up to 5XL. Why just make clothes for skinny people? It's all made by Queer Artist Girl. The creator of HunterDips.com is trans, fat, lesbian, and the site also includes merch from other queer artists, including gay Portland rapper Tono. Listeners, head on over to HunterDips.com and use the code SECRET for 15% off your purchase today. That's SECRET for 15% off your purchase at HunterDrips.com. It's a podcast it with Coco and Donna Tell a podcast Tune into what they tell you podcast With Coco and Donna Tell a podcast Well, Coco, we are kind of changing the tone for the second half of the episode, <laughs> so I'm feeling a bit serious and also a bit like a small amount of accountability has been served in the case of Derek Chauvin because he was found guilty on all counts. He was found guilty on all three counts. And so Derek Chauvin was the guy that, so, so y'all remember a couple years ago, obviously with um, the case that like sparked like national recognition. A year ago. Filming like, you know, a black man being murdered. Uh, And so, uh, Derek Chauvin, obviously, this is like, this was such a monumental case because the reality of the situation is he really needed to come back guilty on all charges because it would set a precedent that cops were allowed to murder black people and, you know, rest in perfection. Like, and it was, the reality of the situation is, is we needed to have, we needed justice to be served at mm-hmm. least once. My goodness, because Breonna Taylor. Yeah. There was, like, zero justice served. Yeah. zero. Yeah, there wasn't. And in so many cases, that's kind of been the norm for our society. It has been the norm where there's no accountability uh, on the police on their part. And I honestly was awaiting the results, anticipating the worst. Yeah. I I was thinking it's going to go this way where this guy gets to go free and even though we all witnessed it we all right. we all saw this happening uh granted they had their own witnesses there that were you know had seen everything firsthand but this was public you know it was the way that this public execution basically it was a public execution happened we saw very clearly that he was the cause of George Floyd's death right and so many times the law has the back of the police and not not the victim and we see them usually they end up having like uh they 
they get like unpaid leave or something like that or paid leave. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and and that's kind of like the biggest consequence that these these perpetrators get. Yeah, and and it it's so heartbreaking to just just things keep getting swept under the rug and like we just we just can't keep doing that. That's the reality situation is we can't keep doing that. No. And and even with that, so I have to honestly say I was surprised that I came back guilty. I, not because, like, obviously, I, I'm black, and I recognize how important this was for our, our, literally our entire nation. And so, but I was surprised. I was like, wow. Yeah. Wow. I mean, it was clear as day that the defense did not have a leg to stand on. They were trying so They were hard. trying so hard with the character to paint him, Yeah, paint him like a drug addict painting, who was overweight. Painting the witnesses as distracting Chauvin from his job and, and causing more stress on him because mm-hmm. they were, you know, trying to get him to stop killing this man. Yes. Like, they, there were so many things that they tried to do, but were not successful at. Luckily, because all of the other things that they were trying to bring up were were moot points. Right. Completely. Yes, absolutely. And so the heartbreaking news is on the day that we get our verdict of guilty on all counts, uh, Micaiah Bryant, 15 or 16 year old girl, was murdered by police that day, um, actually. Um, I actually watched that video um, for those of you out here who are immediately saying she had a knife. Um, she was threatening everybody. The, re- the reality of that situation is I did watch that video. I actually even watched the video slowed down. And um, the officer, here's where there's a problem for me. So I watched the video. The officer gets out of the car. He walks over. Makai, I guess, runs at one of the girls who... Um, And I haven't actually verified the story, but it sounds like she was defending herself from people who were trying to jump her. Mm -hmm. I don't know if that story is true or not. But um, she lunges at one of the girls who falls over um, with a knife, and um, she falls on the ground. Then Micaiah turns around to this other girl who's trying to attack her with a knife, and she kind of lunges at her. The officer um, says, put down the knife, put down the knife, or no, put something like, he just yells something three times, like get down, get down, or something like that. And so it does look like Micaiah is going to stab this girl in this pink jumpsuit or whatever. And so then the officer shoots her three times in the back. Yeah. And so here's the thing about the situation. The video when I watched it is like 30 seconds. Like all of that happens in 30 seconds. It's really hard for me to get behind anyone murdering anyone, even in self-defense, in 30 seconds. Yeah. Like, for those of you out there who listen to our podcast that, like, have kids, like, what I had said online was, like, why didn't he just, like, pick her up and just move her to the side? Like, like she's a kid. Like, just just grab her. And just, yeah. seriously, like, just grab her. Be like, no. You know, like, yeah. stop it. Like, that's, they're kids. Yeah. That's what you do. Even with teenagers. Even teenagers. You're just like, what are you doing? Stop yeah. it. You, like, go up, you grab them, you knock the stuff out their hand, you're just like, no, what? stop it. Well, even in that case, so Don Lemon on CNN, uh, bless his heart, decided to go on and say this was very clearly a policeman reacting to a dangerous situation and trying to basically remedy the situation. Uh, I don't understand why force, especially killing the perpetrator is mm-hmm. is the appropriate first step to take in that instance. I don't understand why a taser wasn't used. Yeah, 
uh, I, she was also trying to defend herself against other girls who were attacking her in that moment. Yeah. So that's, that's one thing to consider in that case. Um, it does kind of frustrate me that someone like Don Lemon went up on CNN and said things like, we have to be very clear about this. Like what happened to George Floyd was an execution, but this was a policeman exercising what they're, they're taught to do. Uh, I, I think if that's the case, then we, the need for taking the system down completely, um, and at the very least going in there and reforming it to where that's not the first reaction that police have when they're on scene is is absolutely what is needed it just yep. it just makes me sad that she was 16 years old and this was the result of of what was going on that she was shot three times and fatally wounded it took us 10 minutes to even figure out what we were going to talk about on tonight's podcast yeah and you're telling me that if it took us 10 minutes to decide on a topic, but it takes 30 seconds to end someone's life, yeah, like there is definitely a problem yeah. with the system. And there needs to be consequences to those actions. And yes, Derek Chauvin, consequences years later. But the reality is like we need to make sure that like the real the, the reality is really the system is broken and it needs to be completely dismantled and rebuilt. Like people keep talking about defund the police and make yeah. better systems, but the reality is we are it's going to keep hurting us if we don't do something, if we don't make a change and make a change now. Because the other thing is, so when I watched the video slow down, like even that didn't feel like enough time no. to decide. And so I wanted to, I brought this up recently and I didn't realize that um, other people didn't know this. So Blue Lives Matter actually got really big after um, in Grand Junction because Deputy Gear would yeah. he actually used his taser because remember tasers don't work a hundred percent of the time. Uh -uh. Just I want everybody to know that and we recognize that. Yeah. Um, he shot. He fired his taser at yeah. a person who had a firearm. It did not work. Uh, and then he was shot and he was yeah. killed. Yeah. Um, and we've said even on this podcast before, like there is obviously um, danger in being a police officer. Yeah. Uh, we, most of the time you do expect to go home to your family. And obviously in that case, which is tragic and terribly sad, that didn't happen. And so I know that cause we come from that city mm -hmm. to where when everybody's like, yes, well, why didn't they try a taser, try a taser? Um, they needed to have tried the taser. Yeah. Um, first. Yeah. Like, I'm not saying that that other girl who was there should have been stabbed. Yeah. But shooting a kid three times in the back just... That's excessive. That seems That's really extremely excessive. extremely excessive. Yeah. Unfortunately, too, Micaiah Bryant isn't the only case that happened. Just before Micaiah, there was the case of Adam Toledo, who was a 12-year-old boy, 13. Yes. Yeah. Something real... Um, much yeah younger and uh did have a gun but had his hands up when he was shot by the officer that was on the scene and you know what what kills me is like i know that we watch those like tv those those cop shows and whatever uh -huh. like law and order to where it seems like there's so much buildup and there's so much adrenaline like you're because they chased this person. Yeah. Right? They chased this person. They cornered this person. Mm -hmm. uh, Adam tossed the gun before yeah. the video, right? And um, Tossed the gun, put his hands up, turned to the police. Put his hand up, turned around, and then was... Shot. Shot. And you have to know, like, 
that means that police officers have a precedent of where they're not going to let us give up when we have done something wrong. Yeah. And we do come from a city that is very much on the side of like, well, if you don't break the law, then you don't have to worry about these things. Like everybody keeps saying that like, well, if he didn't break the law beforehand, he wouldn't have ended up in this situation where they would have had like, and that's the problem. That's what we're talking about. They don't have to kill them. They, they break the law. A warrant, uh, even a- any fucking crime does not, it, there's no execution on site. That's never been the case. Like that's not like the, the, police do not get to play judge jury and executioner in that fucking moment they don't yeah and i really wish that that would stop just being words to yeah people. when i say they're not supposed to be judge jury and executioner and then people people say this they're like well so you expect the police officer to put their life in danger i was like that's why where we come from that deputy is a hero yes because they took a job they yes dis- knowing the risks knowing the risks did what they needed to do it didn't go in their favor and they lost their life that's what makes them a hero i'm not saying to be a hero as a police officer you need to lose your life what i'm saying is you can't just go on murdering people for your own safety that doesn't make any sense which by the way more pizza delivery drivers die on their job than police do so good heavens oh my goodness you know so then getting into the other case because we keep talking about tasers we had Dante Wright, 20 years old. Yes. I listened to that audio. I don't know if I watched it. I, I So I've watched all of these videos. I started watching the videos again. And I know that um, the new term on there on TikTok, and it's probably been around a while, but I just found out, called trauma porn. Like when you watch those videos, it's called trauma porn. Mm. Or even when you watch videos like Django Unchained, people are like, that's called trauma porn. Um, which I can, I can, I can appreciate that if people mm-hmm. like watching those things, I don't like watching them. Mm-hmm. I'm more about, I want to know what's happening so I can be a part of the conversation nationally. Yeah. yeah. Uh, which is fine. I mean, watch the videos if you feel so inclined. Well, because you know, there's going to be a bunch of racists or people who already at least have their own like ideas about the situation that are going to be like, well, this is what was happening. I watched the video and this happened. So they were justified in doing this. You have to be able to like watch these and be able to be like, well, actually, you know, like I watched the video too and I can say this, this and this about it. And it's actually true because Donna's not on Facebook. So she didn't see this happen. I was really broken up. Um, about Micaiah, and I wrote about it online, and somebody said, well, she shouldn't have charged at the police officer with a knife. Mm-hmm. And I said, she didn't. No. She never charged at the police no, officer No, she was knife. shot in the back. Yeah, she was shot in the back. She tried to, she pushed one girl, and she tried to attack another girl. She never tried to attack any of the officers. No. So when that person said that, it it made me so glad that I had watched the video because I was easy I was able to say I watched it this is what this happened. is what happened and yeah. so I could educate people on those issues and so with the Dante Wright situation watching the audio like I immediately said like oh it sounded like she kept trying to pull her taser um, she kept saying she's like I'm gonna pull my taser however she said it and then she fired her gun um, I shot him like all confused and, and Dante had a warrant and the people that have been justifying it because Dante had a warrant it's like a warrant does not, you know, it's what we were saying before. That doesn't warrant a police officer to pull their gun on someone just because someone has a warrant. Like, it doesn't matter. It doesn't fucking matter. Like, it, it's it's so wrong that that is what happens. And this officer, I believe, knew what she was doing. They're trying to label it as she accidentally grabbed her gun. 
She's been on the force for how many years? Over 20 years? Over 20 years. And trains police officers. Yeah, yeah. Here's the thing. If a medical professional were to make that mistake in the medical field, they would lose their license. Oh, and, yeah. Oh, and, yeah. And, and likely have unpaid leave and would not be able to have a chance um, being back in the field. More often than not, what happens with these officers is they get paid leave and they end up transferring departments or going to like another police force. Yes. And that is complete and utter, utter bullshit. There it needs is. to be more accountability. And um, fuck the thin blue line. I also do agree that, you know, I, that we need to completely revamp this entirely and not just reform i think we need to take down the system because there are too many people that follow the thin blue line there are cops out there that yes i believe for the good of their heart are doing this work but there's also too many bad ones out there that have this system corrupted and too many people that are willing to have the backs of these people that are causing harm agreed agreed and even though we didn't talk about it beforehand uh there's actually the i did cry at one of them Yes. And sorry, I didn't research the name, so I will say it wrong. I think it was L Lieutenant Nazario, I think it was. Mm. Um, that was the officer. So they they were in a black SUV, mm -hmm. and they got pulled over by police officers. They just purchased a car, so it didn't have plates, but mm -hmm. it did have the paper in the back. I saw And that. it had darked out windows, and I watched that one, too. I'm not joking. He lived, right? Yeah, he lived. Yeah. Um, I'm not joking, listeners. This is the one I cried out, because I was watching it, and... He kept saying, like, why do you want me to get out of the car? He was in, um, he was in, in his military getup. Like, he, mm -hmm. like, and he kept saying, he's like, what's going on? Like, he was trying to ask for questions. He's like, just answer my questions. Just, I, I like, I serve my country. Like, I'm active duty. Like, mm -hmm. what's going on? What's going on? What's going on? And he just kept trying to explain it. And they said, get out of the car and we'll tell you what's going on. He's like, no, I don't feel safe. And, so they're like, well, you're resisting us. And he's like, no, I'm not. I'm just asking a question. And so they pepper sprayed him mm -hmm. aggressively in the face. Like right I saw in the that. Eyes. Yeah. And that one moment, really upset me too. The reason I started crying was because right after that, uh, you could, his tone changed very defeated, very, this, I call it like the slave mentality when the man beats, beats you so much that you, you can't react. And, it almost sounded like he was starting to cry mm -hmm. because he just was so confused of why this thing was happening to him. And yeah. he's just like, he's like, why did you do that? I wasn't doing anything wrong. Yeah. And I, that's when I started crying because he was just like, he's trying to clear off his eyes, obviously being pepper sprayed is horrible and he's crying and like, he's trying to like figure out what's going on and now he can't even see. And like, he feels alone and defeated and it's like a very scary, 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 scary feeling. And I and that one I know the other ones obviously are sad because all three of those people lost their lives. Yeah. But this is heartbreaking because someone is actually even able to react to the injustice that just happened in front of them yeah. for getting pulled over for getting a new car. Yeah. <laughs> like like that's I watched disgusting. the way the officers were talking to him too at the end of that and they were of course just being very demeaning. They were abusing their power and authority by being like I, I don't want to have to, like, take you in, but if you cooperate with us, then I can just let you go tonight. And it's like they knew that they had done something wrong and knew that their ass was going to be on the line, so they were trying to make it seem like he was still in the wrong. After they pepper sprayed him in the face and, you know, all of that. Like, it was just disgusting to me. It's disgusting that that is how police act. It's like, motherfucker, like, you are no different than 
you and I, like us civilians yeah. who are not part of, you know, a police force. It's it the abuse of power and the the way that they use their authority to intimidate and and threaten people. It's just like it's something that needs to stop. And I feel like for the people that really were bad cops, like they're just getting worse. Yeah. This this whole thing that has happened over the last year where, you know, we were we were protesting and we were really wanting to make sure that there was immense change that was occurring. Instead, it's it's just fueled the fire of all those people who do back the blue and are dedicated to doing nothing but defending bad cops. And mm -hmm. I I think for that reason, it, that's that's why we need to see the system just completely taken down and and uh, and we need to see it built back from the ground up and have first responders that respond to mental health crises and people who are trained in de-escalation tactics and de-escalation works more often than not if people yeah. are trained to be able to do it yeah. i do believe about mental health workers and things like that because here in portland like they march and protest after each of these killings and it was literally like every other day we were marching yeah like and it was just so heartbreaking yeah to just constantly have to be marching yeah over and over and over again and it gets to you like we're still human people like these tragedies are just heartbreaking yeah. and donna is super right like the system is so broken and fucked. And I know a lot of my friends from Grand Junction hate when I talk about defund the police or abolish the police or dismantle the whole police structure because they're like, well, then what's going to keep us safe? And I said, we actually had an episode about defund the police. Um, we did. A couple months ago. And go listen to that episode. But one of the morals of the story is, like, I was an RA on campus. I called the cops constantly. They don't show up quickly. <laughs> That's not a thing that they do. Like, no. and I know a lot of mine were not emergency, but I had a plenty of 911s where I would have people bleeding um, in the residence halls. Yeah. Being like, uh, yeah, if I broke out and this person's like bloody. And they'd be like, okay, well, we're kind of busy, so we'll get somebody there. And then I'd like half an hour later, like the cops may, may not show up. There's plenty of times they didn't. Yeah. <laughs> like, <laughs> and like, I just want people to recognize like calling 911. That's why they say like, make sure you plan when you're going hiking or going on like a trip or something like that. Yeah. Because if you're stuck into a place and you call 911, you don't automatically get saved. Yeah. Like you don't. Yeah. Does it kind of baff baffle you as like a, a person of color when people are coming so quickly to like police defense? Like it, for me, just even being LGBTQ, obviously police don't have the best history with the LGBTQ community either. I mean... Yeah, they pulled us out of clubs and beat us in the streets. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. So I kind of get baffled when it's like, where, like, what police have you interacted with that you're so fucking trusting of them? Like, yeah. you know, <laughs> like, what, oh what super positive interactions have you had personally that makes you come to their defense so hardcore? So aggressively, yeah. I you know, the funny thing is I do have well I used to have some close friends who became police officers, um, and one of them it was like a couple of days after my wedding my first wedding mm -hmm. I got pulled over by the girlfriend of one of my close friends yeah who was in my wedding um, and they're like oh yeah I'm just gonna let you go but you were just like speeding on the road and I'm just gonna give you a warning and blah 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 and I was so terrified the whole time and they were being so sweet to me but I was terrified the yeah. whole time and probably I think my terrified voice sounds really cold. 
Um, but I just throwing that out there. But like, no, Donna's right. I I don't know where these people got to be so trusting. Yeah. Of police officers out of effing nowhere, because the reality is you don't know what's gonna happen. Yeah. With any of these people, and they have all the power in the situation, and they oftentimes abuse it. Uh, I've been pulled over so frequently. It's stupid. Yeah. <laughs> Gosh. And, and it's, it's just gross. It's so gross. Yeah. And the reason we're bringing all that up too about the kids being murdered is because like we were going to talk about Tamir Rice real briefly too and yeah. uh, playing with an airsoft gun and was murdered by police. And I, I think it's so horrific to where if the police really can't handle a situation of somebody be hyster- being hysterical, like even like with Micaiah's situation, we don't know definitively if, you know, uh, I think they said she's the one who even called the cops. Mm-hmm. And I don't know if that's proven or not, but that's probably easy enough to prove. So let's just say that that is true. She's the one who called the cops ends up getting murdered by them. And I just wish that if we can't have the cops showing up to help a situation and assess it appropriately then you either break down that system or you need to have other channels in place. Because if I called the police and people are attacking me and I'm trying to defend them when the police show up, I shouldn't be getting shot. No. Like, yeah. I'm trying to defend myself from people hurting me. Yeah. And I need the police to recognize that. So they should be using de-escalation tactics. And yeah. Just, it's sad. Your first instinct should not be to shoot to kill. Yeah, and, like, and how quickly up. did that gun come out of that holster? Yeah. Like, in what... Uh, like, is it in the police handbook that says, well, I did say stop three times. Also... Three times. Also, why is it that the aim always has to be for, like, fatal areas? Like, shot in the back, like, obviously she's going to die from those from those those wounds. Um, I think that there's ways even... I mean, that, I mean, then I'm starting to sound like Joe Biden. See, that's terrible. I don't want to say, like you know, a shot in the leg is better than a shot in the heart or anything like that. But it's just like, why is that the first instinct to aim to kill? Like, why is that? Like, well, it just... And let's even throw it into the movie spectrum, too. Because yeah. remember, people were like, like, because we kind of say that because we watch movies and we don't, we've never been in that situation, right? Yeah. But even so, that other girl who she was lunging at... Yeah. Like, <laughs> I'm going to say it, she y'all. She was in... Yeah. If... If he was such a good aim to know he's pulling out his gun to shoot this girl in the back. And yeah, she was a little bigger Uh to shoot this girl in the back. Like, how did he know definitively he wasn't going to shoot that other person? He could have easily shot her in the leg or something like that. You know, like he could have easily done that because he was so confident he would not hit anyone else. Yeah. Like, you're right. You're absolutely right. He could have, it could have been more than just her. Yeah, and all of the people on the scene were black except for the officers. Yeah. And one thing I want to say that's a little bit controversial, um, really controversial actually, as we get to the end of our episode here. I had, I had this thought, and I, I think I had this thought because I needed to find hope in this. Mm-hmm. I wonder if the police have been killing these kids recently or acting this aggressive because when you start to lose power... Um, you start lashing out. 
Mm. Like you see it in the, a great example is like celebrities. They start trying to cling to their power yeah. and their fame as much as they can. Like we saw in true cases like with Shia LaBeouf when yeah. they stopped doing things. They wore a paper bag that says I'm not famous anymore. Yeah. Like trying to do anything to grab for attention. You'll have some female celebrities who will do like a nip slip intentionally yeah. to get their name back in the papers and, um, and get their name back in the tabloids. It makes me wonder if like subconsciously that these officers um, feel threatened by their power being constantly questioned. I think that could be the case. Where they're acting more aggressive because maybe we are winning. Maybe they do feel it. Maybe there is this collective change that's on the horizon. And maybe that's what it means. Well, there's a hell of a lot more of us than there are of them. That's true. So... If people could get on the same page, if people want their kids to be safe, then I think we need to look at enacting some serious change. Absolutely. Not even look at it. We need to enact serious change. We need to band together and we need to make sure that we really do what we can to stop this because this isn't something that can keep happening. No, and I I keep thinking about how my niece, who I believe is seven or eight years old now. Mm Mm-hmm. Like, I just, and she's tall. Like, she's almost as tall as my sister. Yeah. And, like, I don't want her to be one of those kids who ends up in a situation that she can't get out of. Yeah. And ends up being a victim of police officers because they think that she's a grown woman. Yeah. Just because she's really, really tall for a seven-year-old. Well, I mean, there's even the cases of them, like, handcuffing, like, little kids from school. Like, Mm -hmm. that are, that are kids that are um, people of color and they are, like handcuffing him there was a little girl that was pepper sprayed in the face because she had like behavioral issues and stuff but like that never would have happened to a white child that never would have happened to a white child and it's there's still so much bias in our system and why is it that anytime there are encounters with police and people of color we're having these injuries and fatalities these these serious wrongdoings that are happening Uh, i think that's a very clear clear showing that we have so much bias and so much to work through and so much work to do. Well, and what kills me to go along those same lines is like, even with the Capitol riots, like that one woman who did die from, you know, being aggressive, trying to Mm -hmm. like break through, like a mob is trying to break through and a person is scared and just shoots randomly into the crowd. Like, is not is not the same as Adam Toledo tossing the gun while he's running and holding his hands up to police officers. And shot. Like the person who shot the woman in the Capitol riots, they were trying to break through this door. Like there was people, people screaming and yelling and they all had a lot of them had weapons and Yeah. Like there's it's like and it just is maddening. It is. Whew. Heavy Heavy. episode. Heavy, heavy. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Thanks, everybody, for listening. I know that these episodes, when me and Donna get into these hard subjects, are difficult to listen to, but I think it's important to be a part of the conversation. It is, definitely. So we'll have more interviews coming for you on the horizon, but we're so happy to be back to our regularly scheduled programming. Yes, and if there's anything that you'd like us to talk about, feel free to shoot us an email. And visit our site at agemofasecretpodcast.com. My name is Donatella My Secrets. My name is Coco Jim Holiday. And we will see you next week, listeners. Bye. Bye.
This has been another episode of A Gem of a Secret Podcast. The hosts of HM of a Secret Podcast are Donatella My Secrets and Coco Jim Holiday. You may follow Donatella My Secrets at Donatella underscore My Secrets on Instagram. You may follow Coco Jim Holiday at Coco Jim Holiday on Instagram. Original music by Touche Douche and Party Favors. You can follow them respectively at The Touche Douche and at Party Favors Music on Instagram. For more exclusive content, visit www.ajemofasecretpodcast.com. That is A-J-E-M of a secret podcast.com. Be sure to tune in every week on Thursday for a new episode wherever you listen to podcasts. If you have any comments or questions, email us at ajemofasecretpod at gmail.com. Please don't forget to like, rate, and subscribe. Until next time, goodbye. Goodbye.